It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando magic, part of the locked on podcast network, your team. Every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 17th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk about the Magic's loss to the LA Clippers and the unforeseen circumstances that led at least partially to the loss and will probably be the big storyline for the second half of the Orlando Magic season. We'll do some first half first half of the season review, look ahead to the second half coming up on next week's episodes of Locked on Magic when the Magic get back from their West Coast road trip. So lots to get to in on the way there, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to all that coming up in the next few weeks. But before we go any further, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering your Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the, lo- want the LA Clippers perspective on Thursday's game? Check out Locked On Clippers. Want to look ahead to Saturday's game against the Golden State Warriors? Check out Locked On Warriors. No matter which team you're interested in, which team you love, which team you hate, which team you're just generally curious about, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we've got great national podcasts and Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Projecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA Show. Lots of great podcasts to get to if you're an NBA fan. Also, a lot of great podcasts if you're an MLB, NHL, or college fan too. Uh, No matter what team you're looking for across those many different leagues, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Download them today wherever you download podcasts, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Really from the beginning of Thursday's game, you could just kind of tell the magic didn't have it. Whatever, whatever you want to define it as. The Magic came out Wednesday night against the Los Angeles Lakers like gangbusters. Just pure energy. 
that got early results, to be frank, and allow Orlando to gain confidence and stake a lead, and the, the focus and intensity just stayed at that level, even as Orlando gave up the lead, even as Orlando struggled throughout parts of that game. The Magic were not going to lose that game Wednesday night. They, they played with that kind of gusto and energy. And at least the saving grace was they didn't have to travel heading into their back-to-back with the LA Clippers. But Orlando came out with the Staples Center dressed up in red and black instead of purple and gold. A much different team. Yes, Evan Fournier was back in the lineup. Yes, DJ Augustine is now out for a significant time. We'll talk about that here in a moment. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But it was a completely different Magic team that stepped onto the floor. From really the first series of plays, the Clippers showed that they were going to get whatever they wanted. And the Magic really never mustered up the intensity and physicality they needed to slow them down. Now, not saying slowing Kawhi Leonard down is easy, but Orlando just wasn't into the game on the defensive end. And 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 as we all know, that is... That is where the Magic must make their money. That's where they must make their pay. That's where they must be the dominant force that that they know they can be. This is, again, sort of all to say that if the Magic don't defend well, eventually their offense is going to give out. So yes, midway through the first quarter, it was 18-18. Orlando was keeping pace, but... Everyone in the building knew Orlando wasn't going to be able to keep that up if their defense didn't shape up. And indeed, when the Magic did break their lineup, because once again, they were playing with just one traditional point guard in Markel Fultz. Once the Magic broke their lineup up, the offense went with it. And this this doesn't say Fultz had had a good game either, to be honest. The Clippers eventually pulled away. Steve Clifford was matching Aaron Gordon's minutes with Kawhi Leonard, and while I do think Gordon is a very good defender and plays very good defense, he did not play good defense on Kawhi Leonard in this game. This was really not attached to his hip and put Nikola Vucevic in a lot of compromising situations. And again, the defense eventually just simply, I mean, really, lack of a better word, it just simply collapsed. The Clippers got whatever they wanted, whether it was Leonard taking a mid-range jumper, Leonard getting to the basket, Leonard passing to an open three-point shooter, Leonard dumping it down to a big because Vucevic had to step up too much. And that pattern again and again and again and again and again doomed Orlando. It was an eight-point lead by the end of the, end of the quarter. It was 17 by the end of the half. And Orlando just never really threatened. The Clippers, frankly hit cruise control, and Orlando just wasn't able to muster enough stops or enough shots to make any serious threat on the lead. Orlando got it to within 15 by the end of the third quarter, up up in the 20s for a while. Terrence Ross made a couple threes, made things a little interesting, and actually with 30 seconds left in the third quarter, Clifford called a timeout uh, because he had one to try and get the Magic a good shot, make it a 12-point game, or make it a a 13-point game at the end of the fourth quarter. And all of a, and the Magic had some energy. They had some flow, finally. They had some intensity. They missed a shot. The Clippers made theirs, and that was kind of it. It's not that a lot of players 
didn't produce and put up numbers. Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic had some of their most efficient games of the year, to be honest. But as much as the offense matters for this Magic team, and it's more offense over the course of a 48-minute game, I think that the the first unit, well, I wouldn't call them a great offensive unit. I think the starters generally do a good job offensively. It's that bench unit. It's when they break the lineups, and it's just it's just you know kind of consistency. Like they'll they'll they're, they're, they'll they'll fall apart a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's still all about this team's defense. If the defense isn't there, the Magic aren't going to win, and certainly not against a quality opponent like the LA Clippers. Sure, some of this was fatigue. Some of this was the Magic expended a lot of energy, a lot of energy, to beat the Los Angeles Lakers last uh, Wednesday night. And so Thursday, you know, it was very, very, very predictable to see the Magic come out flat and lethargic. And the unfortunate thing is, a team like the Clippers might be able to get away with that. A team like the Magic won't against anybody. Go back to that Hawks loss that they had in Orlando. Orlando can't play this lethargic and unfocused and, and, and you know, uninspired. But it's an 82-game season. You're bound to have a few duds. The Magic got their split in Los Angeles. They're 2-2 two and two on this road trip. It's hard to be that upset. Because, again, you're never as good as you are on your best day. You're never as bad as you are on your worst day. And Steve Clifford really said it after the game that, you know, the problem was they didn't compete hard enough. They didn't kind of play with the intensity that they needed. But, and I agree with Clifford on this point, generally this team's been very competitive. And very, very you know, fight, fight, will fight very hard. And honestly, I would say, despite the lack of execution defensively, especially, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like the Magic ever quit on this game. Not till the very, very end when the Magic took their starters, took took their guys out. The Magic were fighting and fighting and clawing, and just didn't have it in reserve this game. I, I, that's that's honestly how I feel. But. They all count the same in the end. And so the LA Clippers took home a really just, not stunning, but a really rousing and complete victory. A 122-95 to win over the Orlando Magic. Game where the Magic just, just didn't have enough in reserve to compete with another quality team. It's worth noting that there have been 12 teams that have done the LA back-to-back this year. Teams on the second night against an L.A. team in that back-to-back are 0-6. Believe it or not, they're just 2-4 and four on the first night of the back-to-back. Magic are one of the two. So there's, there's, there's that to it, too. This was always going to be a tough task to get both of these wins. It was going to be a tough task just to get one of them. So again, Orlando getting the split is a big deal. The loss on Thursday does not take away how encouraging and exciting that game on Wednesday was. But it is a reminder that this Magic team is really somewhere in the middle of these two poles. And we're going to really find out what this Magic team is made of now to finish this road trip. They've got winnable games at Golden State on Saturday and at Charlotte on Monday. And that Charlotte game on Monday screams schedule loss. One day off between a cross-country flight for, a, for an afternoon game, a 5.30 game on Martin Luther King Day, 
that screams schedule loss. I pointed that out as a schedule loss when the season, when the schedule came out and said, you know, maybe Charlotte's probably not going to be good. It's going to be terrible that that might be a schedule loss. But but these two games are still eminently winnable. Still eminently winnable. And the Magic can come home with a 4-2 and road trip, which most of us would probably have taken in a heartbeat, no matter what composition of wins you got from it. And really, Orlando probably should be should be three uh, three and one on this trip at this point. So Orlando's going to have to show a lot of character again. As I mentioned, DJ Augustine out indefinitely. He has a uh, bone irritation in his left knee, as, as I believe what they what they called it, and he'll be reevaluated again in three to four weeks. So the Magic will be without their backup point guard now for a little while. They're hoping that Michael Carter Williams will be able to play on Saturday. He is supposedly getting closer and closer and closer. But for sure, this is this is a big deal. This is a big thing for the Orlando Magic. It's something that they're going to have to figure out and play with, play through. And yes, they're going to have to still pick up some wins. But put Thursday to bed, count it as an outlier, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. The Magic fall the LA Clippers 122-95. to They move on to, to Golden State on Saturday as their road trip continues. This is our Friday episode of Locked on Magic. We won't be back with you until... I'll probably do an episode Saturday after after the Magic's game against the Warriors, at least Saturday or Sunday. So you'll hear from me before the end of the road trip, but you may not hear from me before uh, before the NFL games this weekend. It is a big weekend in the NFL with the AFC and NFC Championship games. And, you know, we all think we know what's going to happen. You know, I put a prediction out there with my Magic, with my magic Wands, with my link posts... Every time, every every game, you know, just just give you a little something about what I how I think the game's going to break down. I'm not trying to play against the spread or anything, but lots of people know, lots of people think they know what's going to happen. So now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. My bookie is the place for you to do that because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. So many things are going on right now between football season, NBA, college basketball, and so much more. It's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. They have all kinds of bets, including parlays. You probably saw Uncut Gems. If you did, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, not saying you should have been nominated for an Oscar, but Adam Sandler probably should have been. Um, but uh, that game, that movie featured a lot of parlays. What that, what that does is it groups together several bets, and if you hit on all three bets, you win big. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Who doesn't need that? Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign-up offer. It's fantastic, fantastic deal. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. 
or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. I don't really want to belabor this this game too much, but we'll run through the final box score here because it's a pretty straightforward game. The Clippers are a better team. I think if, even if the Magic had played a really good game and, and played, if they played like they did Wednesday night, they, you know, they definitely have a chance to beat the Clippers. The Clippers, you know, any team can get, can get beat by a team playing its best, and the Magic played a really good game on Wednesday night, but um, it, it would have been a tall task to beat this Clippers team regardless of anything else. But, you know, honestly, Orlando did get some very nice performances in this game. Nikola Vucevic bounced back from a difficult game on Wednesday with 22 points, 8 for 13 shooting, 3 for 4 from beyond the arc, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, Again, I'm going to preface this. Offensively, I thought he did really, really well. He he got Ivica Zubas, he got Montrezl Harrell, whoever was guarding him. On his back, he made quick moves, um, you know, quick, quick kickouts to repost, you know, made his jumpers. Vucevic had the whole arsenal working. And again, if, if Vucevic had played this way on Wednesday night, the Magic don't blow a 20-point lead in that game. Um, you know, it's it's not a tight game if Vucevic plays the way that we know he's capable of playing. That third quarter, Vucevic missed so many makeable shots. And so it was good to see him bounce back like this and, and have a good offensive performance. I mean, obviously, that's not everything, though. Like so many other guys, he just looked a step slow defensively. And when Vucevic looks a step slow defensively, that's when a lot of things collapse with him. Um, you know, I, I am someone that believes Vucevic is a better defender than people give him credit for. I, I think that he has generally been very good defensively, but he it's also, I, I know I've said this several times when I've talked about Vucevic's defense, it is a very thin line between Vucevic being a passable defender and being a very poor defender. This game, we saw Vucevic fall off that cliff, so to speak, and he was a poor defender. He wasn't stepping up far enough to challenge Kawhi Leonard, so Leonard was able to get to his spots, and he was kind of stuck in that no-man's land. Uh, see, 1917, if you're Oscar buffs, that's a very good movie. Um, but he, he was kind of stuck in no-man's land because he was losing contact with Zubas, with uh, with Harrell, and they were able to get dump downs, and, and not even just that, get offensive rebounds. Uh, the Clippers had 10, 10 offensive rebounds that turned into 19 points. So they scored on almost, on pretty much every single offensive rebound that they got. Um, that's that's not good. That is not ideal. And, and so I thought Vucevic, you know, so much of the defense for this game especially was built on Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic and their relationship in the pick and roll. And, and they were just, both of them were just a step slow all night. Um, Aaron Gordon, kind of the same deal as Nikola Vucevic. 20 points, 8 for 11, shooting 4 for 5 from beyond the arc, 5 assists. He did a lot of really good things in this game. He was aggressive attacking off the dribble. He was quick, too. It wasn't, wasn't. I mean, my criticism of Aaron Gordon is when he is playing at his worst, he is dribbling around, doing way too much on the ball, not attacking quickly. When he attacks quickly, that's when he is effective. That's when... He is at his best, and he attacked, and, and really the last three games, he has attacked quickly, he's been decisive, and he has made shots. Um, you know, the shots are the big part. He's made some, he made some tough fadeaway jumpers, he had a lot of confidence in this game, and that's really, really good to see. The five assists are just as important as everything else. He was finding guys and, and keeping the ball moving, and that's such a big thing for Aaron Gordon, especially with the guys that the Magic have out right now. 
they need they need the efficient Aaron Gordon. They also need, though, the Aaron Gordon playing high-level defense. He did that Wednesday against LeBron James, but he just really struggled tailing Kawhi Leonard off of screens. He did not stay attached to his hip very well. Um, he he was he was chasing him I, again, and it's just you know I, I it was a back-to-back after a very emotional, draining and you know energy-draining game. If Magic did not win that game against the Lakers, I mean they'd be in trouble. I mean I I, I think we can all we can all see that, and I felt that. This, I mean, it was, and this was team-wide. It's not just Gordon. It's not just Vucevic. Team-wide, everyone was just a step slow. And and that step is everything for this team. So, you know, Gordon, I thought, had a... You know, Gordon, like Vucevic, great offensive game, but he was the crux to the team's defense. Uh, and and I don't think that he performed at the level that, that he expects him to perform for format. And it's, again, not that he was bad all the time. Leonard made some tough shots. It was just like the playoffs. Leonard made a lot of tough shots, but... Orlando's defense, you know, wasn't in tune. It wasn't finely tuned, and and they and again they they paid the price for it. Other notable performances: Markel Fultz follows up his triple double with 11 points, five for 17 shooting, one for five from beyond the arc, four rebounds, five assists, four turnovers. Um, you know, I, I didn't think Fultz played a bad game. The Magic were certainly better when Fultz was in the game. He was minus eight, which you know only. One regular, one rotation player had a better plus-minus than than Markel Fultz at minus eight, and that was Gary Clark at plus one. Um, I don't know how that happened. Uh, Gary Gary Clark had a, had an okay game. He didn't he didn't make any shots, but um, but Fultz was. It was clear that the Magic were better when Fultz was on the floor. I, I do want to make that clear. Um, he he plays at the right pace. He gets the team kind of organized a lot more. And and Clifford said, you know. The struggle right now for this team is when they don't have the point guards in, when they don't have a point guard in, uh, that they, they're just not organized. They're not getting into their sets. They're not playing at a high level. And, and, and Fultz gets them in the right sets. But it is still important to remember that as good as Fultz was Wednesday, he is still a rookie. And, and, and again, I, 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 I treat him this year like a rookie. So I expect him to have some swings and to play, to follow a good game with a bad game, to be a little inconsistent. And that's, something the Magic are willing to live with right now because Fultz is so talented and generally does a good job, generally makes a bit a positive impact. And again, I would still say he made a positive impact compared to everyone else on this team. But the turnovers were big. Some of them were lazy turnovers. At, at times, it did feel like Fultz was trying to do a little too much. He's still able to get into the paint, still able to do, you know, you know, do the things that, that we know he can do. But Patrick Beverly was very good defensively on him, made his, made his shots tough, made his finishes tough. Made his outlets tough, uh, and and the and the Clippers did a good job kind of bottling him up. So you know a, a learning experience game once again for, again for Markel Fultz, Evan Fournier back in the lineup after the quad after the quad injury on Wednesday and that he suffered Monday against the Sacramento Kings. He comes back with 15 points, six for 15 shooting, missed all three of his three pointers, four rebounds, two assists. Um, I, I didn't think Fournier was bad. But you could also tell that 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 injury was still bugging him, and you know whether you know the pain tolerance told him that he could play, and, and I, I applaud him for trying to play because I, I still think that the Magic are a better team with Evan Fournier. Uh, he is a threat that 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 they needed. I you know I, I think that if you know again it's it, it, the difference between Wednesday and Thursday was all energy; it wasn't personnel. Um, I felt that. I felt that Fournier was just a step slow. Defense again, everyone was just a step slow, but but Fournier especially. Felt like he was dragging offensively. He wasn't getting into his shots. He wasn't getting into rhythm, especially in the first half. Defensively, he was just not where he needed to be. 
Um, and and I, I think at, at halftime I said, you know, it was clear the Magic just didn't have it tonight, have it on Thursday. I really felt like the Magic needed to let him rest. It, it feels like his injury is one that will improve with some rest, and so hopefully a day off gets him right. Um, but I will say this. I, I did think Fournier got better as the game went on. I think he got more comfortable offensively. You could see him kind of getting his legs back under him. So if, if, if that's what happened in this game and that's what the Magic get out of this game, then that'll be good, um, and and because they obviously, I, I think they obviously need Fournier a whole lot to to be consistent. I mean, again, they beat they beat the Lakers Wednesday without Fournier, but you know that might be the one out of ten times that they do that. Uh, you know, over over the long run of the season, the Magic need Evan Fournier, um, and and certainly uh, certainly that was something that was missing. Terrence Ross finished the game with 16 points, 5 for 15 shooting, 4 for 12 from beyond the arc. Uh, got hot a little bit at the end of the third quarter, um, but just generally not making his shots in this game. Uh, you know, the, I think the Clippers did a good job defending him. Ross was, was trying to force some offense a little bit just to kind of get the team going. Um, you know, he still had his steals. He made his, he made his steal. He's, you know, got a few deflections. But um, overall, uh, you know, Ross is, Ross is kind of going through his ups and downs like, like, like we would expect from him too, just... It, you know, if he's going to have a bad game, make it a game where everyone plays bad. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to be too upset about that. Um, the Magic shoot 39.1% from the floor, 14 for 242 from beyond the arc, just 9 of 16 from the foul line. Orlando has entered the top half of the league in free throw rate, which I think is a, a very good sign for them, uh, but unable to get to the line in this game. Just again, kind of a sign of their lack of aggression overall. 24 assists on 36 field goal makes. So when the ball moved, they did score. Um, this obviously not enough. Only uh, nine turnovers in the game, so the Magic do a good job protecting it. But again, like the offensive rebounding, the Clippers turned those nine turnovers into 17 turn- points off turnovers. So again, they pretty much score off of every single one of the Magic's miscues. The Clippers score 122 points, 49.5% shooting, 14 for 32 from beyond the arc. Kawhi Leonard with 32 points on 12 for 20 shooting, made four of seven three-pointers. That's really the ball game. Montrez Harold, 21 points, 9 for 15 shooting, had four offensive rebounds. Uh, Jamichael Green off the bench with 11 points, 13 rebounds. The Clippers, again, just, yeah, it, uh, they really just took the Magic apart. Um, you know, the Magic's defense was never really into the game, and and the Clippers staked their lead. They kind of out outpaced the Magic through the first quarter, got their lead up into double digits, and just really cruised to the end. And, and that's kind of what championship teams do with, with superstar players. That, that, that's kind of kind of what they do, and, and Orlando just never really had an answer for it. So, the Orlando Magic fall to the LA Clippers, 122-95. to Again, the road trip continues Saturday against the Golden State Warriors as the Magic make their debut at the Chase Center. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Obviously, 
you know, the, the big news for the Orlando Magic Thursday was that, yes, they'll be without another rotation player for probably the next month. DJ Augustine will not be in the lineup. He'll be, you know, on the bench recovering, and, and he spoke to the media after, or media before the game, and seemed to say, you know, this is an injury that rest is the only way to treat it. There, there's just not a whole lot you can do, but rest it and get better. And 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 the hope is that you know, in three to four weeks, Augustine will be able to get back on the court and contribute to the team once again. And 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 for now, it's like so many other parts of this Magic team. Just about survival, just finding a way to 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 improve and stay in the fight, and certainly the Magic have done that. Uh, Steve Clifford did say did say, and and I think this was relatively uh, relatively rare that he would say this. Steve Clifford did say that that he will speak with Jeff Weltman to assess their point guard needs because it is very difficult to play in the NBA with just one point guard, and it is. Very difficult to play anyway with just two point guards on the roster, two healthy point guards on the roster. It does appear that Michael Carter-Williams is near return, and so that's at least a small solace, but certainly the Magic and their injury position are in a very precarious place, you know, for, for lack of, of a better term. Really, since the Jonathan Isaac injury, the Magic have been forced to play some odd lineups. They've been starting Ken Birch. Uh, with their with their starting group, and while that has had some positives, and statistically has looked okay, it's also very clear that Ken Birch is not 100% comfortable at that position. The Magic aren't able to run all the things they want to run with Ken Birch at that position, and that it has some major flaws. Uh, some major flaws that the Magic haven't quite gotten over. It's why they brought in Greg Clark, to be honest, and, and he's still learning the defense and learning the offense, and it, it might take a little while before the Magic feel comfortable enough to insert him more regularly into the lineup. At the very least, it, it does feel like the Magic are due for a lineup change. To move Birch back to the bench, you know, maybe still use him as a four along with Mobamba, although that has not been as successful as the Nikola Vucevic lineups. Um, but... To start Wesowundu, who's you know more of a fit alongside Aaron Gordon at the three, uh, and and certainly someone that that Clifford trusts. The whole point guard situation with Carter Williams out and now Augustine out has thrown everything even more for a loop. In the last two games, the Magic have a a minus six point six net rating with Markel Fultz again. So last two games. The Clippers game is weighing very, very heavily these numbers. So don't take that number as much of anything. So with Markel Fultz on the court, the Magic are minus 6.6 net rating. That's only behind Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. So Fultz is doing good things on the floor. One 10.3 offensive rating is, you know, pretty solid for for this team. But you look at the off-court numbers. And really... The Magic are terrible when Marco Fultz is off the court. When, Mark, when, when Marco Fultz is off the court in the last two games, so again, really small sample sizes, so, so take that with a little grain of salt. So we're just going to use it for comparison's sake. The Magic are minus 25.2 net rating, minus 25.2 points per 100 possessions. Only, the Magic are only worse in the last two games with Aaron Gordon off the court. And that makes sense. Just, just logically, just think through that. That makes sense. That... 
Aaron Gordon and Marco Fultz were the two best players and that win over the Lakers. Gordon was certainly one of the better players in, in the loss to the Clippers. And Marco Fultz has an outsized effect on the team. But think of it this way too. With Fultz off the floor, the Magic had a 114.1 defensive rating. And obviously that's not a good number. Their offensive rating sinks to 88.9. Oh, again, only the Magic were only worse offensively when Gordon and Vucevic were off the floor. Now, you know, again, I, I don't don't worry so much about the individual numbers because we're looking at an extremely small sample size. But you can already see how the Magic are scrambling right now. When Vucevic is off the floor, when Gordon's off the floor, when Fultz is off the floor. They're scrambling to just generate any kind of offense. And that, that's really the truth right now. Orlando has a bunch of mismatched lineups. And they can have all the effort they want, but at the end of the day, the mismatched lineups are kind of holding them back, are kind of keeping them from finding the stability that they need in the wake of, of Jonathan Isaac's injury. And yes, Orlando's 6-3 and three since Jonathan Isaac got hurt. Actually uh, entering, at least entering Wednesday's or Thursday's game, so it's probably changed. Entering Thursday's game, the Magic had the best defense in the league in the month of January. So it's not like Orlando is playing terribly. But we see these warning signs that against the quality teams, that if, the, that if this is who the Magic are going to have to be the rest, of the rest of the season, or at least for a good chunk of the rest of the season, they've got to be prepared to make some changes. They've got to be prepared, you know, again, to be the team that they were supposed to be with a full complement of players. At the end of the day, it still comes down to talent. And at the end of the day, Orlando's depth, the depth that they thought they'd have, is completely decimated. They thought if DJ Augustine went down, they'd have Michael Carter-Williams. They thought that if Jonathan Isaac went down, they'd have Al Farouk Aminu. They thought, they never thought they'd have to throw these kinds of lineups out. Never thought they'd have to go add Gary Clark as extra forward help. They, they, felt, they probably felt like the power forward position was their most secure position. They probably never thought that you know, yes, we're going to have to seriously think about waving Emil Jefferson and bringing in a, a third point guard, an emergency point guard right now. Maybe even Josh Majet again. You know, cutting Josh Majet Tuesday seems like a mistake just because of how things played out. The bottom line is Orlando is still struggling to optimize the roster that they have available to them. I often tell people, you know, you can't worry about kind of the big picture stuff. Right now, it's just about making the most of the roster you've got. And 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 yeah, general managers, I'm not saying don't worry about the big picture stuff. The big picture stuff matters. We're coming up on the trade deadline here in three weeks. But at, at the moment, Steve Clifford's main objective is to make the most of the roster that he has. And generally, I think he's pulled a lot of the right buttons. And, you know, I, I think it's a fair criticism of Clifford, and I, I share this criticism that he's maybe, he, he trusts his instincts a little bit too much sometimes. And I don't blame him for doing that, but 
he'll stick with something that isn't working until he's sure it isn't working. And so maybe it goes a beat too long. This Ken Birch power forward experiment, while again, there are numbers to suggest that it, it is working, it's probably gone on a beat too long. And it wouldn't surprise me if Saturday they decide to start Wessel Lundu. They decide to go a little bit smaller. They decide to, to play B.J. Johnson a little bit more, to, to stick with Gary Clark. But Clifford Clifford has trust. I mean, it's also about trust. And Clifford has trust in Ken Birch and wants Ken Birch out there. Again, whether that's warranted or not, whether that's ultimately what's best for this team is certainly a fair debate to have. But this Magic team right now is so wounded that the depth that, the, again, the depth that they thought they had built is completely gone. And, and not because of a miscalculation, not, you know, again, maybe you could say that with Alfred Gamino, who wasn't playing very well, but it wasn't for some miscalculation or bad signing. It's, it's just bad injury luck. And so this Magic team is having to play a lot on raw energy which they've had, generally, so it's, that's good. But that can only get you so far. At some point, Markel Fultz has to sit. Playing him 33 minutes a game is, is not part of the plan, and they have a long-term plan for him. And they don't want to overtax him. You can't play Aaron Gordon 48 minutes. You can't play Nikola Vucevic 48 minutes. At some point, you need to rely on your bench. You need to rely on them to execute and and maintain and provide something. Against the Lakers, remember, they did that. But this group is, is so depleted right now that this is just an incomplete roster. This is, you know, you, you go, you play NBA 2K and it requires you to have two of every position. They don't have that right now. This is, this is an invalid roster. They're going to make you go out and get someone to make it work. But still, Orlando has to find a way. The re, whether, whatever, whether the reinforcements come or not, the Magic have to find their way again. And it's tough. It, it's, it's proven to be tough. But in the meantime, yes, those starting players, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, Markel Fultz, and Evan Fournier especially, are going to have to do even more. They're going to have to play probably even more. And they've got to set the tone with their energy at all times on the court. Thursday, they, they struggled to reach in and find that reserve. Thursday, they, they didn't set the tone the way that they needed to. And without depth, you're relying on those stars and those starters even more. And that's just the unfortunate reality for the Magic here at the midpoint of the season. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himbley. You can play Spotify and all the fun places to download podcasts or your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_md, And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.